Thank you for listening to messages from Avondale Baptist Church and Pastor Jack Marslander. This message is from the series Ephesians, Who We Are and What We Do in Christ, and was preached on September 5th, 2021. I want to talk to you this morning and ask you the question, what about them? And it doesn't matter who they are, what about them? The history of humanity tells us that we've always tended to carry grudges and hatred towards those who are different. We've always tended towards racism and discrimination. We've always had, as human beings, kind of this built-in arrogance that says that my way is the best way, my thoughts are the wisest thoughts, my customs are normal, and others are weird, my country is the finest my skin color is the standard and so we look at ourselves and then we've always looked at others and we've had this question well what about them they don't look like me they don't think like me they don't act like me they have different beliefs different customs different traditions their skin is different their hair is different their eyes are different their bodies are different their clothes are different they speak a different language Or when they speak my language, they do so with a strange accent. They worship other gods, or when they believe in my God, they worship him in ways that are different than mine, in different songs and worship styles and customs and traditions. What about them? That's the next question that Paul's dealing with in the book of Ephesians. He's already asked and answered questions like, who are we? Why are we here? What do we need to know? And what is the gospel? And in today's passage, he answers the question, what about them? And he did so by dealing with the single most divisive issue in the first century church. To the Jews, the question was, what about the Gentiles? And to the Gentiles, the question was, what about the Jews? Is the church a Gentile thing or is the church a Jewish thing? And if it's both, how do we reconcile the two? Because the hatred is very real and powerful. It was the single most divisive issue in the early church. If you've studied the book of Acts, you see how God worked the church through that. If you've studied the the epistles, you see how Paul and some others dealt with that issue. Any student of history and politics knows that the the hatred between Jews and Gentiles has been a long-standing and very powerful kind of thing, and you don't have to be be a history expert in order to understand that it is still a very real issue in today's world. It was such a deep issue in the church that it nearly forced a separation between Peter and Paul two of the finest men in the New Testament era. So what about them? We face this same issue in the church today. For if we are not careful, our divisions will force us apart. And the gospel of Jesus and the love of God doesn't allow for us to do that. Because we have divisions in today's world. 
black versus white, whites versus Hispanic, Republicans versus Democrat, vaxxers versus anti-vaxxers, citizens versus non-citizens, Trumpians versus Bidenites. Are those words? I'm not sure. Baptist versus Catholics, Cardinal fans versus Seahawk fans, and everyone versus Cowboy fans. I mean, we have all of these divisions in the world today. What about them? We need to know how to deal with these issues or we will never fully understand the heart of God, be able to carry out the will of God, be able to live like Jesus, or even correctly share the gospel of Jesus. So what about them? I'm going to read what Paul said about Jews and Gentiles. It still applies today to the church, but it also applies to every division that the world wants to throw our way. So let's read Ephesians 2, 11, verse through 22. We're going to stand together, and we're going to read this. Now understand, Paul had just shared, this is the gospel, and then he goes on with, therefore. Therefore, remember that formerly, you who are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision, which is done in the body by human hands, remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace, and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people, and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his Spirit. Now you may be seated. I really do want you to understand this passage and make sure that we live by it. So what about them? To the Gentiles, and this was predominantly a Gentile church, it was what about the Jews? To the Jews, where the gospel had started, because Jesus was a Jew, they asked the question, what about the Gentiles? Now do notice that, that Paul began this passage with the word, therefore. And You've always probably heard from a teacher that whenever you see the word therefore, ask what therefore is therefore. And so what Paul is doing is he's tying this to the previous passage, which was all about the gospel. So because of the gospel of Jesus Christ, therefore, this is how you look at them. So Paul says, therefore, because of the gospel... 
because you were once dead and you are now alive in Jesus Christ, just like everybody else, Jew and Gentile alike, remember these things. So with the gospel of Jesus in mind, that we were all dead, we were made alive in Christ and brought into his family, what is Paul saying about them, others, Jews, Gentiles, blacks, whites, Republicans, Democrats, how do we look at them? The first thing Paul reminded the Ephesians, and therefore us, is that we were once on the outside, all of us, Jew and Gentile alike, separated from God. That's in verse 11 and 12. And it's a great reminder for all of us in the church, for honestly, you and I, this church is predominantly a Gentile, non-Jewish church. So in the same way that Paul told us last week that before Christ we were dead, he now tells us, remember, listen, all of us, we were separate from Christ. We were outside of God's kingdom. We were foreigners to God's covenant. We were without hope and without God, all of us. Now, listen, Paul was the, gen the, the, the evangelist, the apostle, the missionary to the Gentiles. So why is he picking on Gentiles here? Because he was talking to Gentiles. He could have easily blasted Jews. He did it in other places. You were supposed to be a light to the Gentiles, but you kept God for yourself and you grew arrogant. You ultimately turned a relationship into a living and loving God into nothing but a set of rules and regulations. You'll find those thoughts in other places. But here he was talking to Gentiles. And so what he was trying to do was to destroy the arrogance of the Gentiles. And you and I will never be able to answer the question, what about them? until our own pride and arrogance is destroyed. So Paul reminds them what we need to be reminded of. You were lost. You were separated from God. You were dead. You were foreigners to the kingdom. You were outside of a relationship with God. And so there's absolutely no room for boasting. There's no room for thinking that anything you do and anything that you are is better than anyone else because you were all dead. And you'll never be able to deal with your built-in racism that seems to be a human thing or your tendency towards discrimination or your tendency to think I'm better than them because until you can see yourself through the gospel of Jesus and remember that you were lost, you were dead, you were separated from God, and in that you are exactly like every other human being. There is absolutely no I'm better than you in the cemetery. We're all dead. All of us. And so we need to look at that that way. Apart from Jesus, I was dead. Dead people aren't better than any other dead people. We're dead. So there is no better than you. I'm exactly like you, apart from God, apart from Jesus. And that's to all you, all them. We were all dead. We were once separated from God. Then the second thing that, that Paul reminded us is that though we were on the outside, it was Jesus who brought us inside. Verse 13, but now in Christ Jesus, you once who were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. So we were outside of a relationship with God, and Jesus brought us into the kingdom through his death on the cross. 
We were once far away. Jesus brought us near, and he did it by shedding his blood on the cross. It is Jesus that brought us inside. So if we're in a right relationship with God, Jesus gets all the credit. You and I get absolutely none of it. And that is true of every single person in the kingdom. It applies to Jews. It applies to Gentiles. If you're part of God's kingdom, it's because of what Jesus did, not because of what you did. None of us got here in the kingdom because of our great intellect. None of us got here because of our godly living. None of us got here because we made wise decisions. None of us got here because we were better than anyone else. None of us got here because of the color of our skins or the nationality of our parents or the citizenship of our country or our wealth or our status or our brains. We all got here by the death of Jesus and the grace of God. It had nothing to do with me. It had everything to do with him. If salvation is by me, then I've got a lot to brag about, and I might very well be better than you. But if I was dead and Jesus made me alive, and I had nothing to do with it whatsoever, then I got nothing to boast about, and I'm exactly in the same boat with you. So all the credit goes to Jesus, not to us. So what about them? We were all sinking until Jesus came and rescued us. We were Jews, Gentiles, blacks, whites, Middle Easterners, Republicans, Democrats, atheists, Baptists, Catholics, Mormons, Muslims, Americans, Hondurans, Vietnamese, Palestinian, Kenyans, You'll never be able to answer what about them until you know that 100% of the credit goes to God and 0% of the credit goes to us. And so now, thanks to Jesus, we're all in the boat together, having been rescued by God. We were once on the outside, separated from God. Understand Paul's thought here. We are all of us, every single one of us. So what about them, Jews and Gentiles? You were both lost. You are both separated from God. You were both on the outside. didn't matter. You had different customs, different ways of thinking. One of you had the Old Testament. Someone else had something else. But you're all on the outside until Jesus came, died on the cross for our sins, and brought us in. Jesus gets all the credit. I get none. And therefore, there's no way in the world that I can legitimately see me as better than you, more important than you, more standard than you. I can't look at myself as right and you are wrong because we were all wrong and only made right because of Jesus. So understand the gospel and how this applies to human relationships. We were all dead, Jesus made us alive, and therefore we are all equal. And so that brings Paul to his major point in the passage, Jesus is the uniter of people. I mean, honestly, we've been, we've been dealing with these Jew-Gentile things for millennium. We've been dealing with racism for millennium. And everybody has a different thought how to deal with it politically, socially, economically, whatever. The only way it's honestly going to be fully and completely dealt with these divisions through people is in the church through Jesus, who is our uniter. And he says this repeatedly, verse 14. 
Jesus is our peace. He also says in that verse, he made the two groups one. He has destroyed the barrier. Verse 15, his purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, Jew and Gentile. Verse 18 says that through him we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Verse 19 says we are fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. So I want you to really understand the gospel because we don't always give this part of the gospel. What Jesus did on the cross destroys the barrier between God and man. It also destroys the barrier between man and man and man and woman and black and white and Jew and Gentile and American and Honduran. Every division that the world throws its way, the gospel destroys both this one and these. Jesus is the uniter. And I want you to understand that that's the other half of, of the gospel. That's why I always tell you that the two commands, love God, love people, are really one and the same command because neither one of them can be done apart from Jesus. So if you love God and hate your brother, then you do not understand the gospel of Jesus and what Jesus has done. If you believe in God but look down on people of other skin colors, of different political beliefs, of different customs, of different practices, of different citizenships, of different economic status, then you do not fully understand the gospel of Jesus. For the gospel of Jesus reconciles me with him and with you and with them. And that's the full application of the gospel. So after sharing the gospel, we were dead. Jesus made us alive. Therefore, you're in the same boat with everyone else because Jesus has united us. And Jesus gave us, or Paul gave us in this passage, some great word pictures. I mean, just one after the other. Let me point out four of these word pictures that he made under this heading of Jesus is the uniter. He says he makes the two one. He took Jew and Gentile which had hated each other from the days of Abraham, took two different cultures, and he made them one. Neither Jew nor Gentile. Like blending blue paint and yellow paint. You end up with something totally different. And that is how we should look at the church. We're not Jews or Gentiles. We're not a white church or a black church. We're not an American church or a Kenyan church. We're not a Republican church or a Democratic church. We are the church and Jesus and nothing else is what brings us together. So he makes the two one. And then another word picture that he brings, he destroys walls of separation. And the world is great at building walls Good illustration, Jeremy. Only Jesus, and, and Brian, thank you, only Jesus can destroy them. And think of all the walls, and we're seeing them being built in American life right before our eyes. We're seeing them being built in the world right before our eyes. Think of them. Americans versus everyone else. 
blacks versus whites, Republicans versus Democrats, leftists versus rightists, Spanish speakers versus English speakers. Jesus destroyed these walls of separation for believers, and if we allow them to be built, and especially if we participate in their building, then we are fighting against the very nature of God, because Jesus is the uniter. So, so listen. Let me be very clear about where I stand. If you are a believer in Jesus, you are welcome as a member of Avondale Baptist Church. You may have voted for Trump. You may have voted for Biden. You are welcome. You will be loved and you should be loved because you are family. Your, your skin color doesn't matter to me. You will be loved in this church. Your language does not matter to me. You will be loved in our church. We currently have groups meeting on our campus in English, in Spanish, and in Arabic. And I talked with a group this week who's interested in possibly meeting here that speaks Vietnamese. All are loved. And all will be loved because language shouldn't separate us. Skin color shouldn't separate us. We are allowing in the church of Jesus today to separate into Republican churches and Democratic churches. I voted for him. I can't go to your church because you voted for him. When we are doing that, we are trying to separate what Jesus united. And that has no business in the church. I had members leave this church because they came into my office and said, who did you vote for? And I said, I haven't told anyone except my family. If you didn't tell me who you voted for, then I'm going to go find a church that voted for my candidate. I was told that in my own office. And I'll withhold my tithe until you announce it. Well, you don't need to tell me. You need to talk to God about that because God might very well have something to say about that. We cannot allow what the world is doing. I'm going to separate. Did you see the sign today at a restaurant? If you voted for him, you can't come eat in my restaurant. That's the way of the world. That is not the way of Jesus Christ. He destroys walls of separation. And so see, Paul said, he set aside laws, regulations, and customs. He united us by setting aside in his flesh, his death, the law with its commands and regulation. Now, listen, the, the New Testament law is as fine as can be, but the, the laws and regulation of the Old Testament are not what put you in a right relationship with God. That is only the grace of God as shown through the death of Jesus. The law shows us we're sinners. God died for us. I try hard to keep the laws and regulations of the Old Testament to the very best of my ability. I've never been able to do it. So it shows me that I'm a sinner and that I need God. And it should show you are, you're a sinner and that you need God. Because those regulations and commands are never going to get us in the kingdom. Only Jesus is. And D, and I love this last word picture. It says he creates one new family, one kingdom, one building, with Jesus holding it all together. And so he takes all these different puzzle pieces that look like they would never fit 
and he spiritually molds them together into one family, one kingdom, one building, all held together by Jesus. For there's only one God, one spirit, one Jesus, and one family of God. So, so let me remind you again what we want to build here based on passages like this one at Avondale Baptist Church. We want to build a church that is multi-ethnic and that includes every possible skin color on earth. If, if, if that bugs you, then you have a problem with what Jesus taught. And you'll probably have a problem with this church. We want to build a church that is multilingual, with people worshiping in as many different languages as is possible. We want to build a church that is multi-generational, that includes babies, preschoolers, young adults, median adults, senior adults, and even super seniors. And I'm not sure where the dividing line between those is, and I am not going to define that. But she may be back here today, and I was very thankful that she was here last week. We had a lady worship with us who was 105 last week. And that was just neat to see from a brand new baby up through 105, no skin color distinctions, no age distinctions, no language distinction, no political distinction, no cultural distinction. Jesus brings us all together and makes one family. Now, it's just like every other family. Well, you know your family. Yeah. Yeah, you got your overly strict parents and your old-fashioned grandparents and your crazy Uncle Harvey's, and, and you got kids who are a little bit on the wild side and, 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 and children who just want to jump up and down on paper instead of listening to Pastor Jeremy. I mean, you got all kinds in a family. But Jesus made us family, and so we love each other. And we do not allow the distinctions of the world to separate what God has brought together. And I'm kind of harping on this point because I see it happening in my very eyes as churches start to separate. We are going to be a church for millennials. We are going to be a church for young adults. We are going to be a church for senior adults. We are a church for people who voted for Trump. We are a church for people who voted for Biden. When we play that game, we are playing the way of the world, not the game of Jesus. Because Jesus creates one new family in kingdom out of people who are different. So that means we're going to disagree on secondary issues. It's okay. We're going to disagree on politics. We're going to disagree on masks. We're going to disagree on vaccinations. We're going to disagree on, on, on who to vote for in the next election, just like we disagreed on who to vote for in the last election. We're going to disagree about the best way for America to deal with many of the challenges that we face. That's okay to have disagreements because something is far more important to us than those secondary issues, and that is our love for Jesus and our love for each other. Love God, love people, follow Jesus. That's who we are. So therefore, what does God want us to do and how does he want us to live? How do we respond? Do not allow anything to separate you from another believer. You may have serious cultural differences. Jesus is not about culture. He's the God of all cultures. You may have serious political differences 
that's okay. I've got serious political differences with some of you. Some of you got serious political differences with me. That's okay. I'll probably change my mind. Maybe you'll change your mind. Doesn't matter. What matters is our belief in Jesus, our love for God, and our love for people. So do not allow anything to separate you from another believer. I can have close fellowship with Kansas City Chief fans. I can have close fellowship with both Republicans and Democrats. I can have close fellowship with you if you voted for Trump or if you voted for Biden or if you didn't vote. I can have close fellowship with you if you're black or if you're Native American or if you're white or if you're Arabic or if you're Jewish. No matter where you sit, we should be able to have fellowship with each other because it is not the secondary issues that unite us. It is Jesus. So do not ever allow anything to separate you from another believer. And if you're holding a grudge against an individual or against a group, I guess what I'm telling you is you have till the sun goes down tonight to get that right. And if you need to come and kneel at the altar and pray until God changes your heart, please do so. I've told you the story before of one of my close friends. He was a deacon in our church, and he hated a young man. I mean, he told me honestly, he says, I know this is not right, but if he and I were in an alley and no one were to see us, I would kill that young man. He had treated my friend's daughter horribly. And, and when the dad jumped in and tried to separate them, he came back in the middle of the night and he slashed all four of his tires. And he came to church and he said, I hate him. Listen, that afternoon, he prayed, he prayed, and he prayed some more. And he told me that night in church, remember that, Sunday night church? He told me that night in church, with God's help, I'm going to love this boy. And on the very next Sunday, that young man came to church, sat with that family, accepted Jesus, and was baptized. Love conquers all, so we cannot allow anything other than love, because anything else is not of God, it's of Satan. We can't allow anything but love to work in the church. Do not allow anything to separate you from another believer. And number two, do draw near to God. And that's one of the ways you know whether you draw near to God. Because if you draw near to God, that's the gospel. That's what Jesus does. You also draw near to other people. So if you're saying, I love God, but I don't love him or them or they, you're not telling the truth. Either you're lying or you've deceived yourself. Because if you draw near to God, you will draw near to God's family. And since God loves all, your love for others will increase tenfold as your love for God increases tenfold. So, so that's the whole gospel. Jesus has destroyed the barrier here and the barriers here. And I want to challenge you to respond to that this morning. To put your faith and trust in Jesus. And because of that, to look at others in a whole new way through the eyes of Jesus. Let's stand together. Let's pray. We're going to have what we call a time of invitation. 
listen, you can do what that man, that good friend of mine did. And, and, and if you're honest, I, and I hope you are, you can come forward and you can tell the counselors, look, I hate someone right now, but I want God to change my heart. He can and he will. Or I'm outside of the kingdom, I'm spiritually dead, I need Jesus. How do I invite him into my heart? We'll, we'll help you. If you can do it right there, please let us know because we want to rejoice with you. So, we invite you to come forward for prayer, for counsel. You can let us know of your decisions on a connection card or, or let our counselors know this or if you want to talk because sometimes you, you need a little more than the minute or two we got at the end of the worship service. We'd be honored to take you into a, a counseling room and talk to you more about Jesus. Let's pray. Thank you for listening to messages from Avondale Baptist Church. If we can help you in any way, please contact us. Our information is on our webpage at abcaz.net, or you can call us at 623-932-2723. Thank you, and may God bless you and your family.